Hi, this is King Diamond. You're listening to the Ratio Podcast. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Ratio Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Ray, and man, it is so good to be back with everybody. How have you been? It's been since, uh, what, January? You know, I guess some of you all were, were thinking we weren't coming back, but we were actually working on things to, to make sure that the podcast goes on for many, many, many years to come. So uh, thank you for your patience. We have got a hell of a show coming back for you tonight with Mr. Tim Ripper Owens of the mighty KK's Priest. And, uh, you know, Tim also fronted Judas Priest. He's he's been singing on projects for years and years. I mean, this man has got a uh, resume. So uh, super cool, dude. Super fun to talk to. So we'll have that chat with Tim the Ripper Owens coming right up for you. and uh, But first of all, one of the reasons we've been uh, on hiatus is uh, our live show, which uh, you can find that on YouTube. There's, I believe we have four to five episodes up and ready and rocking. And um, we've been working on that and fine-tuning it with our good folks, at, uh, with our good friends and partners at Cine here in beautiful downtown Athens, Georgia. So, um, you know, expect that. We're, we're going to have that coming back in October. But from here on out, that's not going to affect the uh, regular audio podcast. Um, so we're going to have a lot of metal, a lot of cool cult um, movie folk on this year. And just people, you know, people ask me, what is the ratio podcast at this point? I'm like, you know, our, our heart is rooted in outsider art, you know, so so metal and all its offshoots, punk rock, but man, anything can be, you know, within that definition. You know, just somebody that's that's putting something out in the world that's making a change, you know, in a, in a positive way, or at least getting you thinking. So um, I guess that's the best thing that that we feature. The, I guess the best way to put it here is that we feature outsider artists. But you know. We are all about the metal, and I got so much metal coming up for you here at the beginning of the season and throughout. Um, but I uh, just want to say hello to our uh, partners, and that's my co-host Jack Slayton and our wonderful editor, uh, Mr. Brent Duncan. He's also a, a badass musician in his own right. 
you know, he, he gets these sounding right for, for your ears. So uh, we appreciate him more than words can say. And we also got Mike Schulenberg still rolling with us here in the Race Show podcast. And then just a countless host of others with the live show. So uh, go, to the, go to the YouTube channel, the Ratio Podcast YouTube channel, if you want to see what we've been doing. We've been trying to get the reps in, and uh, we'll, we'll get, you know, we'll, we'll be rolling out in October with a more uh, fine-tuned beast. So, uh, but it's so good to be back with y'all, and let's get to it, man, uh, with uh, Mr. Tim Ripper Owens. All right, everybody, we are back with the Ratio Podcast after our hiatus, and I can't think of a cooler guest to come back with than Mr. Tim Ripper Owens of the mighty KK's Priest, and he also fronted Judas Priest, Winner's Bane, Beyond Fear, and just a count, countless other projects. We could be here all day with him. So, hello, Ripper. How are you, man? I'm good, Johnny. How are you? Good, good. Just great to be talking to you, man. And, you know, I have been jamming out to these uh, two new tracks that have been released on off the upcoming The Center Rides Again. You know, Reap the Whirlwind and One More Shot at Glory. And these are just unbelievable, just, just metal classics, man. Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of KK's Priest Metal. I think it's uh, the perfect songs to... to release out there first off the record right on and for anybody that doesn't know that album's coming out on september 29th and uh i i just can't get enough of these two songs so i am like so looking forward to the full to the full length but let's let's get right on with it and talk about you know you obviously were in uh judas priest with um kk and uh what was your relationship like with him while you were in the band um it was fantastic, it, it, as it was with all the guys in, in Judas Priest. We all got along great, and it was like family and friends. I felt, you know, it was just a great time. And after I had left, I think Ken and I stayed in contact the most, uh, especially probably the last five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, anytime I would come through England playing solo, uh, usually I'd play about two hours away in Manchester, and he would always come to the show and hang out and. And, uh, uh, you know, so we, we always stayed in contact and talked and, but, you know, it, it's great to be back with him. Cause it's like, it's like, I, I never left his side. It just feels so natural. And, uh, uh, he's such an, a easygoing guy, so professional yet he treats everybody, you know, we're all always striving to treat everybody, the crew of the band. We're all like just one big unit you know and right. uh but it's great i i laugh because it's he has so much energy and you know he, he doesn't complain and he has so much energy i'm like it's a complete opposite of me i'm always tired and i'm always complaining about <laughs> stuff so <laughs> i'm like uh it's i posted a picture on social media one day we were at rehearsals and you know the rehearsals and video shoots they're long long days and uh um we because it's production rehearsals too with lights and all anyways i i had my feet sticking in the air on the on a sitting on a railing and ken's in the background talking to the sound man and i said there's ken talking to sound man asking you know where's ripper at sleeping again and i <laughs> and i and the irony was i just woke up about five minutes before that because i fell asleep sitting in that chair so oh, yeah uh, but he's an amazing guy and it's, it's really great to be be right by his side again 
Right, right. And, you know, these these just these songs, just hearing them, you know, and, and you initially had Les Binks involved in the band as well. And if I have it correct, he had to he had to bow out due to an injury. Yeah, he had, he had a, a hurt wrist. I don't know too much about it. Um, and we just needed to, to get going on and we really needed to to get a put a great band together. So, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a drummer that I play with called Sean Elgin. Right. I said to Ken, I said, listen, now this, I don't usually recommend people cause it's a pretty big deal and you gotta be a pretty big pro and it's to do something like this. And, uh, I recommended Sean and man, oh man, Ken's just been over the moon. So it's, uh, Sean is, is, was the perfect fit. Right on, man. I love it. Well, you know, these songs, you know, you have that excellent first album sermons of the center. If anybody hadn't heard that, I highly recommend it. Uh, but I've I've seen where Ken has mentioned, and just for all our listeners out there, if we mention Ken, we're talking about KK. So uh, I could just imagine twelve year old me with my uh, Screaming for Vengeance album and, and reading Ken in an interview and going, huh? Um, but yes, our metal uh, uh, hero KK, he stated that these songs are more of a collaborative effort. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how this album came together? Well, I think it is, and I think you know. Ken wrote it. AJ helped. Uh, but, you know, Ken's the mastermind. And I think he really wants to prove points. He wants to write the lyrics and the melodies and stuff. But I think the difference this time is uh, not only was he writing it for I mean, he, he knew how to write for me, but he knew what the drummer could do. And and Tony brings a lot of different elements on his bass plan. But I think he let everybody just gave their own stamp on this one. They 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 gave their own styles and uh the way i did it this time though is he gave me the melody ideas but i did my vocals at home in ohio at my studio at my house and i uh i had to talk him into it because because ken's old school and he's like no no you got to come here to the studio to do it I'm like ken listen i record everything in my studio now <laughs> find me the files and i'll do everything here and and what why i like it is i can get up in the morning, I go to the gym every morning and then I come back and I can slowly work on the songs and have, go outside and have coffee and take my time. And I get way more character out of myself. Like I, I gave them 8,000 vocal tracks and it's just, you know, and you could tell on the record, it's way more aggressive vocally than the first one. It still has the classic elements, but you know, it's, uh, a lot more, um, characters and and variety in the vocals that i do right Um, but i think that's you know that's because we just i was sitting there by myself just doing what i do and and then overdoing it sometimes so i think this this you know even though he wrote the stuff i think he's everybody gave it their own stamp even more this time uh because I mean, we are a band. I mean, it's a band. It's not a project. It's not this. It's a band. And 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 I think the songs, they were these songs. We were able to do that even more because there's so much going on with these songs. They're so good. This album is so good. Oh yeah. And and I think you know all the way down to the production was everything was different on this record. So it's uh, it's just so great. Well, you know, it's just so inspiring to hear songs. This it's so late in his career, so like full of like energy and piss and vinegar. I just love it, man. And, and you <laughs> you're know, right. 
listen, I got to tell you, uh, Johnny, the last guy I was talking to or, or a couple guys ago said, uh, um, it's funny cause people get older in music and they get, usually they get mellower a little bit or they just change a little bit. And they said, man, Ken's, Ken's full of fire, man. He's, he, these things are, are, are just balls out heavy. He said, it's crazy. Oh yeah. You know, I think back to like when we would get a tape back in the eighties or something, this is something that I was riding around listening to in my car, just jamming the other day. And I mean, I was right back there, you know, man, I just felt, you know, 16 again. But now, yeah. um, what what's uh, what's the plans for getting KK KK's priest into the states for some shows? Well, you know that's the next plan. Right now, we finally start playing, and if anybody go check it out on YouTube or whatever, and and watch, look at these shows. I mean, they've been they've been festivals, so they're bigger. And we have pyro in the states, and that's the that's you know, it's tough to go on the road because it, this production we take is expensive for us to take on the road. And, um, but that's what these shows were for the showcase us to say, look at this. And, you know, I'm singing better than ever. Ken's playing better than ever. The band is just unbelievably good. We sound so tight and it's such a professional show. And the goal is to tour the world, you know, and obviously, especially one of the first places we want to hit is America. So, TKO is our as our booking agent. So, uh, you know, everybody's getting a hold of them now and seeing if we can get the uh, get the touring together and start start getting out there and doing it. Well, right on. Well, you know, definitely you are singing better than ever, my friend. And that's one thing I wanted to go into. You know, when you are, you know, out on the road, your process, how do you keep your voice in such amazing shape and resist all the temptations that are floating around out there? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't have a, a voice made of steel like someone like Ronnie Dio. He could he oh. could sit backstage and have uh, a botting pins or a Guinness and he would talk to everybody and have fun. And, uh, you know, I have to not talk to anybody. I don't even show up. I don't like to even show up to the venue until right before I go on. And then when I'm done, I like him to get me back to the hotel. Um I, you know, I take care of, I drink a lot of water. I, I don't talk a lot. And I just, to be honest, I just hope and pray that I'm going to sing good. Right. <laughs> my voice and, and voices, you don't know. I mean, you, you really could, could wake up, you know, like Ken used to say, KK told me when I was a priest, listen, guitar players have to shut their fingers in a car door to, to have a disastrous night. Uh, singers can just wake up and not have a voice, you know? So right. it's, uh, but I hey, listen, I don't know how to explain it, but this last year and these last six KK shows, I've sang unbelievably good. I mean, I, I my high notes have never been better. So I uh, I don't know how to explain it because for the past five years before that, I wasn't singing as good. I was probably 60, 65 percent what I should be. And there was no reason why. But right now I'm doing good. So I just hopefully I can keep it up. Right on, man. Yeah, it's it's a it's got to be a grueling task to go up there and give these songs the justice, you know. And and uh, well, that's really exciting. And you know, looking at at you guys taking this around, I would follow back on what you, so one thing you said. There are full shows of KK's Priest on YouTube, and they're amazing. Like good production, you know. You can it's all it's the next best thing to be in there, I guess. Um, but let's go back. I, I just want to talk about your your some of your past experiences. Now you, uh, you know this this whole 
metal thing. When we grew up, it was almost impossible not to get into heavy metal or hard rock at least. What was your introduction to the music and to the scene? Ah, man, I don't know. I mean, I always loved all kinds of music as a kid. I think my first record I got, my brother and I got, was uh, Kiss Rock and Roll. Uh, rock and Roll Over? Rock and roll, rock and roll Over was the first record we got. Uh, and, I, you know, my dad listened to Aerosmith and Rolling Stones and Bachman Turner Overdrive. So I always had this good stuff listening to in the, yeah. in the 70s. Uh, and then my I remember I got Ario Speedwagon's High Infidelity record. My brother got Judas Priest, Screaming for Vengeance. And uh, then I just became a fanatic of metal, man, all the way from bands like Testament and Death Angel and and obviously Metallica, Metal Church, Sabotage, and, you know, obviously Priest and Dio and Maiden. But, yeah, I just kind of became a, a fanatic then. Well, you know, being being a, 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 you know, getting into that, you you move into Winner's Bane. And uh, I'm wondering now, I, I'm curious about you guys go on, you do the Winter's Bane material, and then you would come out, take, I guess, take a break, and you guys would get changed, and then you come out and do like two hours of Priest. So yeah. how draining was that on you guys? Well, um, it definitely was. I mean, I was younger then, and the, and the Winter's Bane stuff is harder to sing than the judas priest stuff it's kind of like now the kk the kk's priest stuff is harder to sing than the old judas priest song so right. it's kind of every time i've done something i've written it and that is harder for me to sing i don't know what the heck i'm thinking about but uh um yeah it was draining you know and it was funny that we did that because priest wasn't together and we only did that judas priest tribute band for about a year when I made Judas Priest, I was actually in a Seattle tribute band, so nobody ever talks about that. But yeah, the, it was um, called Seattle, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, now that's such a huge thing too during that time. What were some of the songs that you go? Were you? I can see you guys focusing on like Alice in Chains and things like that. What What all were y'all singing in Seattle? Well, my guitar player Dan Johnson, who actually became KK's guitar tech, and now he's uh works he's the main tech guy for black the black keys but he would do kurt cobain stuff i would do obviously Soundgarden. yes I could, you know sing the high notes and stuff but yeah i would do you know allison chains pearl jam and Soundgarden, and we would open up with songs like jesus christ pose from Soundgarden, and it was fun it was a lot of fun i had a great time with that you know yeah yeah you know mentioning Soundgarden. i mean there for a, a, a minute you know i was like this is the new zeppelin this is the new sabbath you know, I, that's, that's funny you just said that because in their first two records, especially, you know, I always used to say they're kind of like a Black Sabbath meets Led Zeppelin. That's what yes. I used to call them. Nice, nice. And they were more, they were more hard rock, heavy metal than than the hard rock at the time was because at the time when the ballads and the hair metal ballads were going on, and, and the only thing that made that genre of music different was the way they dressed. If you put leather on Alice in Chains or Soundgarden, they would have been loved by the heavy metal people. Absolutely. I mean, the first time I saw Alice in Chains, I think it was at Thrash of the Titans, but I know I saw them open for Ozzy, too, around that time. Yeah. So, Who uh, was on Thrash of the Titans? Was that Megadeth and Testament? Yes, it was uh, It was Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer, actually. Testament was not okay. on it, and then Alice in Chains opened yep. the bill and, you know, they were getting, you know, fuck you, screamed at them and everything. And about a song in, everybody shut the fuck up and you know, <laughs> listened to, to this amazing band. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, being such a metal disciple as you are, what was it like going to Europe for the first time after you joined Priest with well, Judas I, Priest? I went there once before because Winter's Bane recorded in Germany. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so we signed to a German label, Massacre Record Labels, and we I went to Germany. But, yeah, it was crazy you know, going to England and, and going to Wales and auditioning and then, you know, spending so much time in England. Um, uh, but I, I, and I love England. It's one of my favorite places. Um, what were we, some of the adjustments you had over there? What were some of the first things that were like, oh, wow, this is culture shock in a way? Well, England, the good thing was they spoke English. <laughs> the food, the food is very bland, but I love, I love bland food and they had the best Indian food, which I learned to love Indian food because they had it. But obviously the weirdest part is, uh, them driving on the other side of the car (laughs) and, and the roads on the other way. So when you go to cross the street, luckily on the ground, it usually says look left because it's the opposite of us here. And, uh, so it's really different. You know, I go to, I go to, uh, Australia a lot now and it's the same there too like they're the same way they're one of the there's only a few places that have the the steering wheel on that side of the car so my drummer and i was just talking when we were just in england now we were like you know the weirdest part is sometimes is when you first get there when somebody picks you up you go to get into the car in the passenger seat but it's actually the driver's seat so it's like oh shit i'm on the other side of the car right right so you guys are in wales and you're over there spending a lot of time and um, I'm sure you're meeting all kinds of interesting people, man, and like living this dream, um, you know. So, so once you guys get out touring and and everything, do you remember like the first first trip to L.A. Um, with Priest, uh, Long Nights at the Rainbow, or were you just trying to be all business? I was always all business. I did nothing. Now, first of all, when I auditioned for Priest in Wales, but the time I would spend in in, in England. With the band was in the Midlands, Birmingham area, that area. That's, right. that's where I spent all the time. But listen, when I went, my first time in LA was a sold out show at the Universal. Ever first time ever even in LA was a sold out show at the Universal Amphitheater with Motorhead opening. So uh, oh my, it was goodness. pretty surreal. And you know what, Glenn and I did go to the Rainbow, and and Ken, we did go to the Rainbow that night after the show. But we just walked in and had a beer and then left. Yeah. But I was always serious. I never did anything. You know, that's music's my job. So, uh, you know, it was never a uh, drug and alcohol infused uh, uh, time. You know, I was always pretty serious. Absolutely, man. And, you know, it 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 your career has been a testament to that. You know, the proof is there, you know, with all these great, you know, albums and, and so many like I keep going back to, you know, check out the, the KK's Priest concert that's on YouTube. <laughs> You know the festival show. Um, now, now, what is the, what's the status with the priest out al- your your era priest albums? I know uh, Demolition was on Spotify. I, c- I can find Jugulator on um, on YouTube. Are there any plans to do a deluxe reissues of these? Well, it would be nice. I mean, obviously, priest is uh, try you know erased my era sadly enough you know i mean right. uh um so hopefully someday it'll be out be nice i think there's there still is fans that want it i mean i hear them talk about it all the time i don't understand why you wouldn't put it out i mean i wouldn't make money from it coming back out but they would so i mean why not release 
especially jugulator on vinyl, people would love to get that. You oh, know? yeah. I love them both, man. I still listen to them all the time. To me, they're as much a priest album as, you know, British Steel or, or Screaming for Vengeance. So, yeah, I, I love them. I'm a, I'm a Judas Priest fan, and as a fan, I you know, not just because I'm the singer, but I love the records. I actually love Demolition even more myself, but that one was easier accessible to people, uh, accessible to people, but not, but Jugulator's just been totally gone. So anyways, hopefully it'll, hopefully they'll come out again. Right on, right on. Well, one thing I want to talk to you about, and I, you know, I followed your career and you've always kind of lived, you know, all of our dreams. But one thing I really, really enjoyed when it took place, you you took play you took part in the Roadrunner United concerts in December a concert in December of two thousand five. And I just remember how everyone just freaking the hell out, man, when you did those Merciful Fate and King Diamond and Annihilator songs. Uh what are some of your memories of that concert and that night? I remember it was well, I first of all I remember doing rehearsal the first the day and uh i remember jeff waters which i just saw jeff he came out to rehearsals out in in england and he's and we were doing alice and helen and when we got to the high there's a high note in the middle of the song i said okay jeff i stopped i said i'm gonna hold this high note really long uh and then you guys come back in and i thought to myself oh my god i just told jeff waters that i'm taking his song uh, but i remember doing those and the reaction of the people and uh I had a great time, you know, backstage and, uh, uh, you know, hanging out with, with, uh, all of them. And then after the show, uh, Scott Ian and, and Corey Taylor and myself, we all went out to dinner and it was just a great, uh, a really great time. And a, with a lot of gr- great friends and musicians, it was a fun time. Uh, right. And now have you ever, uh, talked to King Di- Is he ever, uh, contacted you over your, your renditions that night? I've never spoke to, to, to King. I've never have. I'm, I I look forward to one day meeting him. I'll go out of my way just to go meet him, you know, because I used to sing that in my first cover band when I was younger in the eight, late 80s. I remember singing uh, uh, Welcome Home and Omens and, and, and uh, Abigail. I would sing those in the cover bands. Well, well, thanks so much for talking to us today. We got one more little piece of business here, and it's the Ratio Podcast Lightning Round Stolen from my friend uh, Count Zapula. But we're just going to run some uh, quick questions at you here before okay. we get out of here. And uh, first off, favorite Iron Maiden album? Uh, Number of the Beast. Nice. Death metal or black metal? Uh, death metal. What will happen first, a Browns Super Bowl win or a Cavaliers NBA championship? Uh, Cavaliers NBA championship. <laughs> 72 seasons are hardwired to self-destruct. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, What's no, that? Uh, 72 seasons. Metallica's 72 seasons are hardwired to self-destruct. 72 seasons. Oh, yeah. It's so killer, isn't it? Yeah. Barbie or Arp Oppenheimer? Well, Oppenheimer. I haven't seen either one of them, but I'm definitely going to pick that. There you go. Festival catering or In-N-Out Burger? Festival catering. Right on. Kisses Asylum or Kisses Crazy Nights? Uh, neither. <laughs> All right. Here's a Dio era Sabbath question: Mob Rules or Dehumanizer? Oh, oh God, Mob Rules. Right on. Progressive metal or progressive rock? 
progressive metal. And the last one, this probably the hardest one, victim of changes or beyond the realms of death. Uh, beyond the realms of death. Right on, man. That's my favorite, too. Oh, my God. Um, well, well, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the Ratio podcast. And I want to remind everybody the, the new KK's Priest album comes out on September 29th. How can our listeners get in touch with you, or, or what's the best place to digest all your information? Well, they can always get me on, you know, social media, Instagram. They go to, they can find my link tree and uh, Rip Tim Rippon's link tree, and they get all of it. Or if, if they go to uh, Twitter or Instagram and find Tim Rippon's official, there's a link tree at, you know, thing there that you can find all of my stuff. But Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, find me on there. Right on, man. Well, thanks for all the killer fucking records, man, and and the best of luck to you, man, in in, in KK's Priest. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Johnny. All right, man. How cool is the Ripper? I want to thank Mr. Tim Ripper Owens for coming on the Ratio Podcast and answering all our questions. Um, Make sure you go out and get the new KK's Priest album, The Center Rides Again, when it comes out on September 29th. And you know what? That's our show for tonight. But we've got a a new episode coming for you very, very soon. Tell all your friends. The Ratio Podcast is uh, back and uh, here to stay. And uh, you can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, all the socials. And um, you can also find us at www.ratiopodcast.com. So stay switched on, and we'll talk to you soon.